once we had our fifth kid, it really sunk in. Okay, we have five kids. We have five colleges coming up, you know, and one wedding because we have one girl out in the mix. But, you know, we have these things, these financial goals, these things that we want to hit in our lifetime. And we knew that we had to do more to make that happen. Welcome back to the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. Uh, we've got a different episode for you this time around. We've got a mashup of different guests that have one thing in common, and it's that they do business together with their spouse, which creates a pretty unique dynamic when it's all said and done. And so, Alan, this is right in your wheelhouse. You're actually on this podcast with Julie. But um, w- what's one thing that you're excited for our listeners to hear about in this podcast? It's just practical stuff. I mean, straight from the trenches, no frills. Some of them say, you know, hey, this is amazing and you should do it. And others, you know, not so much. Heads up. This is really hard. Uh, And I just really like the honesty. So anyone listening, share this with a friend, tag a friend, make sure that if you know someone who is considering launching a business with their spouse or already leading a business with their spouse, I think this would be super practical, but also really encouraging for those folks. We had a lot of fun with this. Again, we mash it up and change it up here like we'll do once in a while. But I think we've got some really good practical thoughts for you from several different couples. So sit back and enjoy these conversations today about marriage and business. Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. I know I say this every time, but this is an extra special episode And we are talking about marriage today, marriage and business. How do we lead together with our spouses? Hopefully no fights break out in the studio today. I have some really good friends of mine uh, in the studio, and uh, I'm actually co-leading, co-piloting this podcast today with my wife, Julie. Hey there. Let's do this. We love having people in the studio, and as great as it is uh, to have people join us at a distance, there's nothing like a good cup of coffee. We've got Hearthstone Native. Uh, Drinking a coffee from Mexico this morning with some good friends, so just feels right. Uh, So today, we're going to talk about business. Travis and Nikki, good friends of ours, so good to have you guys in the studio with us today. Thanks for having us. We're excited to be here. You guys have a ton going on in your lives. It's been so fun uh, to walk with you guys and to see all that you guys are up to. Um, But at the same time, sometimes I feel like I want to just try to protect you from all that is going on. I've watched you guys do some incredible things, and you guys have led us close enough to see how hard um, that can be as well. So we want to talk about the joys and the challenges of leading a business with your spouse today. I'm told there are a few challenges. I don't know. There's a couple. Yeah. Just a few. All right. Well, let's break into it today. So give us a little bit of a picture of who you guys are, your family, and how the heck you launched into business. Yeah, so we uh, will have been married for 11 years this July, and we have two kids, uh, seven and five, and now two locations of a brewery. So we opened our brewery, FH Beer Works, uh, in 2014, and uh, just last year in 2018, we opened a second location with a production facility on five acres. Five acres. Um, obviously, we got to dig into that process. We'll come back to that. Um, start at the launch of the business. So, Nikki, let me throw this one over to you. Yeah. Um, going from uh, at least a secure job, maybe one that you didn't like, but a secure job, Travis, into this journey of business. What was that like? So this is this is one of my favorite parts of our story. Um, a lot of people at that time asked me, you know, how, how can you support your husband? How are you so on board with this? How are you so okay with him wanting to leave such a what did they? What did, what did people? Such a a sure thing, such a sure thing in quotes. I'm using air quotes right now. Um, and you know the construction industry. So Travis was a an electrician at the time, and he had been an electrician for about ten years. And in 2008, with the downturn of the economy, construction quickly became not such a sure thing. For a couple of years, it was it was it was really good for us. If you had work, it was really great. But if you didn't have work, there was none. And so all of these, um, all, you know, all these electricians are getting hired at one company and then they all get laid off because that com- that company they get hired to doesn't have anything after that job. So they go from job to job, company to company. I think one year, I think 2010 maybe, 
I, I don't know. I think he had like seven different W-2s that year. It was crazy. So it wasn't such a sure thing. So it it really wasn't a hard um, thing to support. And he got into homebrewing kind of off of a whim after a fishing trip with a buddy who said, hey, way back when my dad used to let me help him pitch hops into homebrew in the garage. And we didn't even know that that was a thing. We didn't even know you could make beer yourself, <laughs> um, let alone it was this booming kind of industry and subculture really um and i'm told there's more beer than water in colorado is that a correct statement most accurate statement absolutely yes so anyway, continue so yes yeah, so he says you know i i really love brewing and i really hate construction and it is not a sure thing and i think i i think i want to look at what opening a brewery looks like um at the time, I was pregnant with our daughter, with Cadence, and we 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 jumped in looking into that, and that led to two and a half, three years of planning the brewery, and then uh, in 2014, like he said, we we opened. Our son was three days old when we started construction on our downtown location here in Colorado Springs. Why not? I hear a lot of those stories of kind of like if there were the worst time to launch it. Kind of feels like one of those worst case scenarios. Yes. But even as you're talking about stability, what is stable anymore? We think, you know, a job that's going to take care of us over the years. Um, Travis, you're super passionate about helping other people make a jump um, from a, a profession, a job, maybe that they hate. Talk a little bit about that and your desire to watch other people, um, maybe not brew beer, maybe not go to something at that level or that scale but to move into doing something that they're passionate about. Why are you so passionate about helping others step into that next phase of their life or career? I think the passion comes from the fact that I was that person and I hated what I was doing and didn't know how to get out of it. And uh, so it, it took me a long time to figure out what that was and how to do it. And uh, But it, it's been the best move that I've ever made. So uh, yeah, I, I love seeing other people take that step too and just say, you know, I'm not happy with where I'm at. There's more for me out there. I know you talk about a lot that we're all uniquely gifted to do something. And if you hate what you're doing 80% of the time you're awake, that's not what you're uniquely gifted to do. And so, you know, just the change it's made in my life and my happiness and my uh, drive to do better, uh, it, it's just been huge for me. And I love being able to help other people do that as well. Awesome. Well, we want to keep you guys on your toes uh, today a little bit. So Julie and I are going to kind of toss some questions back at each other. Uh, and the first one I thought would be kind of fun is you have to talk about the other one's gifting. So I'm going to start with Nikki. Uh, brag on Travis and what he's really gifted about, and then we'll flip the script on you. Okay. I love this. So um, I think one of my, one of the things I think Travis is most gifted at um, is problem solving. Um, his mom tells a story about when he was like 10 and they had a lazy boy recliner that was seemingly broken. And she said, Hey, Travis, will you drag that out to the dumpster so it can get picked up in the morning? And so Travis disappeared for a couple of hours. And in, in that time of <laughs> being missing, had grabbed his dad's tools and figured out how to fix the lazy boy recliner. And they got a few, few more years out of it. And it's just like, that's a tangible way. He's good with his hands fixing things, but he's really good with his mind. He will not let something go until he has figured it out. Um, and sometimes that can take days. Um, but but if, if we run into a problem at the brewery or, you know, with kids or, you know, finances or whatever, it, it might take a couple of days of mulling, mulling it over, but he is going to come up with a solution. And it's usually a, a really good, innovative um outside the box solution. So I think that is definitely a, a main area of gifting for him. That's awesome. So when you guys have a problem with one of your kids, Travis will drag them out to the garage with a toolkit for a few hours and they'll come back all fixed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sounds like a new business to me. <laughs> awesome. So Travis, what about you? What are some, uh, some of Nikki's great qualities that help this work? Well, I, I don't think that I knew this about Nikki until we opened a business together, but she is incredible at managing people. Uh, she, she's very good at being empathetic while also being direct. And uh, uh, that's something that I, I appreciate probably the most about her in running this business together. Uh, I'm not as good at that. So I, you know, I go to Nikki a lot with like, hey, this, this 
employee is like, we're having this problem with them or, uh, you know, like we're, we're having this issue and I don't know what to tell everyone to do. And she always has a good answer. Uh, and sometimes she even handles it for me cause she's just better at it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I think that's definitely her, her biggest quality in the business sense. Um, I, I think she understands how to read people and how to, we, we always say speaking other people's language. Um, she's very good at that. Awesome. So how have you guys found that your different unique giftings have kind of worked together to complement each other and in, in how you run a business together? Yeah. So um, I know you guys are big on the Enneagram, right? So I'll go there for a minute and I'll be a nerd about it. Um, I, I think that understanding how we are wired. Um, so I'm a two, he's a three and I have a three wing. So it's been it's been really neat because he is the drive behind business and um, I would say kind of the main visionary. And then I am like it, it makes me come alive to be able to come behind him and support him and be like, okay, great. I'll do all the behind the scenes stuff because I like that. Um, and so we both we we also talk a lot about your lane. Um, it's a concept that a lot of people we share with a lot of people that has been a huge, um, a huge help just in frame of frame of mindset for us mm -hmm. is we talk a lot about staying in your lane. And so we both know what our lane is and we both know what the other's lane is and we stay out of each other's lanes. That's good. Yeah. I think to add to that part of, part of staying in your lane is going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. So we talk also a lot about part of that is like, we have the same destination in mind. We have the same route in mind. We're just in different lanes. We're going, you know, we're driving next to each other, but we're not driving over each other. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's a great analogy because you're right. If you're driving in opposite directions, you're not going to accomplish anything. If you're swerving into each other's lanes, you're going to slow down. You might have a crash. So that's awesome way of, of thinking about it. And we're figuring out that piece as well. And we'll talk a little bit about it as, as this episode concludes of how to be a couple, how to stay healthy together and yet pull out each other's giftings. I'm sure there's friction. Um, and again, just watching you guys pull off such a massive project, even at a distance to see, you know, many, many hours, sleepless nights. Oh yeah. By the way, how do we love our kids and take them around town to get what they need for school and just the basics of life. Um, don't even know how you guys survived that season, but just to see some of the beauty that's coming out of that. You guys are super involved in our city. Um, and so guys listening, this is a very gifted couple. They're both super gifted. It's really fun to watch you guys just working out your gifting, your marriage. And, and I know that that's a moving target. So that's super inspirational to us. And for you guys listening, um, I want to get really practical. Uh, obviously, the brewery business uh, is very, very unique. And it's about community. And it's about people. It's not just about beer. But talk about two or three of the specific things um, Travis, that you need to do to keep the brewery going and two or three specific things, Nikki, that you need to do to keep the brewery. Oh yeah. Two locations of it going. Yeah. So we're still learning that with two locations, but, uh, <laughs> one, one of the kind of unique things about a brewery is you have a manufacturing facility, but you also have like almost a, a retail hospitality space. So, uh, part of what, what I have to do is I kind of run the back of house and I'm, I'm in charge of the brewers and I'm making sure that materials are, are there and brew schedule gets done right and beer gets canned properly and all that stuff. So uh, the other piece of that is making sure that the back of house is talking to the front of house. So Nikki runs front of house. She, she manages all the bartenders and schedules and all that stuff, uh, food trucks for downtown. Um, all of that stuff is under Nikki's umbrella. And so you know, for me, I have to make sure that the beer gets made and gets made right and is available for the front of house to sell. That's kind of my main uh, thing at the brewery is, is just managing back of house up to the point of where it goes to the front of house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when, you know, if somebody comes in and has a question and our bartenders are trying to figure out whose business card they get, um, generally we say if it has to do with people or events, that's me. And if it has to do with process or product, that's Travis. Um, so like he said, back of house is really him. Front of house is me. I, we, we have an amazing, people also will ask, well, how do you guys do it all? We don't. We don't do it all. We did it all in the beginning. Um, but as quickly as we could, delegation has been the key. Um, we have an amazing, amazing team. Um, we've got an amazing team of a couple of brewers that Travis really is 
in charge in charge of like that's not what I mean leading that Travis is leading um and then I've got a a, a couple of gals that are really really key in running my tap room I've got a GM and then I've got a downtown tap room manager and so my my day-to-day tangible tasks are really communicating with them a lot um and I mean communication is key it's absolutely key in all of this if we didn't have good communication um in just interpersonal communication between us and what's going on um or using tools like we use a tool called Slack for communicating with our team because we've got anywhere from 10 to 14 people on our team at a time. Um, you know, right now is the winter season, so we're a little pared down, but we will probably, you know, hire on five plus people this summer. And we've got to have ways to effectively communicate the same message to all of them at the same time. So using tools like that and delegating tasks and responsibilities to trustworthy people who know our heart in this. Um, We have a tagline, we say craft community, uh, and it is a verb, and it is a noun, and it is a challenge. Um, And we want to craft community. Beer happens to be our vehicle that we do that in, but you could be selling socks, and you could be doing the same thing. Um, So it's, yes, it starts with quality product and great service um, and, and amazing hospitality, but it it is so far beyond that. It's it's really about people coming into our space and leaving, feeling like they were seen and loved. So That's awesome, that's great. And you know we love socks, so you can you can Hey-o. create hospitality <laughs> through socks too. Um, so tell me a little bit about what you guys think um, when it comes to being a couple running a business together. Do you think this is something that any couple could do, or what do you what do you think about that? So. No. <laughs> um, I would, I would argue, I'm, I'm going to be the mean parent in this. I would, I would argue to say that most people should not run a business together. Okay. Um, and I don't think that says, you know, oh, you're, you're incapable or you're not, you know, you're, you're not individually gifted in ways, but I would, I would argue to say that even just down to personality types, mm-hmm. um, that there are some personality types that really sh- it's it's a lot more difficult anyway it's more challenging i think it can be done but um we happen to have personality types that make it pretty easy for us to interact in close quarters all the time um so i think just out of our control just the way we were created we we have kind of a a leg up on that um does it, does it add a, it adds a measure of stress to the oh my goodness to your lives to the relationship to the business and when it's all mixed in together you can see why maybe some couples would not be super well yeah. suited i i think if you're a coupling that has a hard time compartmentalizing um that business ownership together would not be for you okay mm-hmm. yeah and that's been one of our challenges too is separating personal time and work time and you know not talking about yeah. work over dinner and for four uh-huh. hours after the kids go to bed. And that's, that's a big challenge in, in doing business together yeah. is that's what you both think about all the time. And so it's hard to not talk about that when you're both so involved uh, in the running of it. What are some other challenges now that we're talking about it? Um, what are maybe a top three or four challenges, not talking about it all the time, actually having time to talk about kids and life and dreams apart from the business? What are some other challenges? I think another big challenge is making both of our schedules work. Uh, cause neither one of us has like a nine to five schedule or, a, you know, we, we don't have, even our weeks are different week to week and our days are different. Like we don't have an every Monday thing and then every, you know, so it's every week we have to think about how do we make this schedule work this week with two kids? Uh, one of them's in preschool. So he's only, uh, gone to school three days a week and the other one's in second grade. So she's gone five days a week, but so Monday, Wednesday, Friday are our days to kind of, you know, catch up. Uh, we were just talking about that this morning, actually, of like snow days make it really hard on us uh, to to do what we do because we're on day two of snow days right in the middle of the week now, and uh, and those aren't normal. So we have all this stuff on our schedule, but now we have two kids to also mix into that. Uh, that's a huge challenge is just making our individual schedules work in a way that benefits uh, both of us and the business all at the same time and the kids. Yeah, the 
So I think another challenge also, because we spend so much time together working Mm -hmm. and just the daily grind of life, you know, getting kids ready for school and drop off and pick up and the dreaded carpool and all of that stuff. Um, I think we forget to spend time with each other outside of all of that because it's not like I'm staying at home or I have a job and, and, and he's gone nine to five like it used to be where it was like, oh, we need a date night. We need, we need to just get the kids to grandpa's house and we need to go spend some time together because we haven't seen each other all week. Or you've been sent away working up in snow bass for the last seven weeks or, you know, something like that where we're physically away from each other. We're physically with each other all the time. And um, that's really great. And I really love working like that because we work well like that. But taking time to, you know, hang up the work hat kid-free is is something I think that oftentimes we just don't even give thought to. Yeah, nobody, with you, nobody with trains you for that. No. Yeah. You don't see like, oh, that's going to be an issue. And actually on episode 12 of the podcast, a gal named Sandra Dalton-Smith kind of blew our minds talking about rest. And there's seven different types of rest. And uh, something she says for married couples is if you can take five minutes a day, do not look uh, at a TV together, at a screen together, um, not just cook dinner together, but actually look at each other and have a conversation. And we had a good conversation last night and I think like, oh man, these are the kind of things we normally need to be talking about that somehow, you know, this thing called life gets in the way. Um, so thank you guys for your honesty on that. Everybody else is tracking along. We understand that. Uh, maybe on a different episode, we'll talk about money as well, because I can't even imagine mm-hmm. um, all of the intricacies to that with family budget and then you know, borrowing money for a big project and, you know, two locations. So there's so much more we could talk about. Um, But if you just had to boil it down to a couple that's deciding, are we supposed to launch this business, this side hustle, this full-time hustle together? What is the most crucial thing? And I want you guys both to to give an answer, even if it's different. Uh, What's the number one thing it takes if a couple is going to work together? Well, I, I think that you have to, before you even go into it, you have to analyze like, where are you without the business? Like, you know, you hear people a lot like say, Hey, the, our relationship's not working. We should get married. That's going to fix it. Or, you know, the marriage is not good. Have a kid. We should have a yes. kid. Let's start a business. Don't do that. A kid, you know? And so I, I think a business the same way, like if it's already working well, what you're doing, then maybe you could add a step to that or add an element to that. If it's not working already, you know, if you, if you're having issues already, probably adding a business baby to that is not the right answer. Um, so I, I think, again, just staying in your lanes, like you have to first be on the same page. Uh, I think that's probably the biggest key is be on the same page about expectations and about what it's going to look like. Uh, you know, and you can figure out roles and, and lanes and stuff later, but as long as you're on the same page, that's a good place to start, I think. Yeah, that that. That was going to be my answer too. Um, I love that you called it a business baby. <laughs> it's business so accurate. Baby. I mean, people ask us if we're going to have more kids, and I'm like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I I already have two You're more like, kids. We have two kids. I have two more business <laughs> two babies. Yep, yep. So um, I I think a step further, if if let's say if you are on the same page and you're. Um, you know, you're communicating well, you, you understand each other's giftings and you're like, oh, we, we can, this works. We're on the same page. We're going the same direction. Identifying expectations and roles is so key. It's so, so key. I think one of the big lessons we've been learning in the last year or so, um, one of the hard lessons we've been learning is expectations, um, and setting realistic expectations and, uh, how to handle unmet expectations and the disappointment um, that that can be. Um, so I really I think defining defining roles and then honoring those roles is is a pretty key element. That's gold, man. Thank you guys for that. Awesome. So I know we as a family and as a couple have really enjoyed visiting your guys's spaces. We love the the beauty and the creativity there and the culture. Um, talk to us a little bit about what are some of the long term uh, dreams for what you guys are doing with your business and and uh, your breweries. I think we have some dreams outside of the brewery. Uh, really, like the the probably the five year plan for us is to get 
the brewery sustainable, get it to a place where we don't have to be there 24 seven for it to work. Uh, we have some, some other couple stuff that we want to do. Uh, some of it based on the stay on your lane idea uh, and some other uh, side projects, I guess you could say. I don't know that we need a side project. <laughs> you don't have enough going on. This Might is what as we well. do. Um, have another business baby. This is but, what we do. <laughs> but what we want to do is is Twins. get that get that business baby where it's sustainable and uh, you know and work on some other stuff that we're also passionate about with with helping other people maybe not do exactly what we're doing, but you know follow their passions and and do what is going to work for them. Uh, we have a lot of ideas for that. So long term, we would love to get into something in that realm. Uh, we have some ideas, but nothing really concrete. Yeah, I think for the brewery specifically, um, the the short term goals are uh, to be profitable. <laughs> um, and we'll talk about that on the money podcast because yikes, <laughs> that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother day. Um, so, get, you know, getting it sustainable and this new project, getting it standing on its own two feet and, um, and then scaling it. Uh, we really would like, we've got an amazing sales guy who is getting out there and just, just taking names, man, he's doing awesome. Um, and so he is really helping us. He's one of those delegations who, who is key to building this brand and, and, um, expanding our distribution footprint. So with this new space, um, we, the plan is to see probably right around a 400% growth rate this year. So it's pretty significant. Um, with that, we will be working on saturating the Colorado Springs market and expanding to saturate the rest of Colorado as far as beer in restaurants and tap rooms and, um, cans on liquor store shelves and whatnot. So distribution for the brewery, um, you guys have seen the new property. So we have five acres right off of Powers, which is the main drag here in Colorado Springs. And it, most of it, we only developed an acre of it. If you can believe that, that big, huge space is only an acre. Um, so we've got a lot of room for dreaming, which is our favorite thing to do. So that front area, um, something this project has sparked in me, this has been a really, really great learning year. Not Travis's favorite thing. Commercial property development, not his, not lots of rules. He doesn't like rules. Not my strength. Not his strength. So, um, I have, I've, I've gotten bit by the development bug and I, I love it. You guys, I love the idea of taking things that were great and breathing new life into that or, um, taking something that isn't and, you know, having a vision for what it could be. And so that front area of the property, we envisioned building a retail space. Um, I would love to break ground in the five-year plan um, on that and creating a little local business hub on Powers, which we lovingly slash not lovingly call Convenienceville. Um, and it's just, you know, everybody goes to the same chilies every Friday night and orders the same fajitas because that's what they do. And it's just, there's not a lot of local business. Um, and there's not, there's certainly not like a little hub for local business. And we want to change the landscape of that area of town. And we want to kind of flip the script on it and do something that's not being done and think outside the box with that. So that's really the big picture of where we're going specifically with FH and, and that property. We love, I mean, you guys are dreamers. I love that you guys are literally dreaming like two steps ahead as you're already, you know, doing something here in the city. You've created a beautiful space. Appreciate you guys putting it a couple miles from our house. You know, you, you didn't have to cater it to us, but thank you guys for that. Uh, we love getting tacos out of the taco truck. Um, you guys know that's my love language as well. And playing cornhole outside just to see you guys in your zone, um, which is hard work. I don't think that you guys just, you know, sit around tasting beer all day. Uh, I see what goes in behind it and even just pieces of it. But I know you guys have some exciting things. There's talk of an, a grown-up kickball league. There's talk of, you know, all kinds of fun events. I love the talk of local vendors and stuff. So can't wait to see how many people that you guys inspire and put your hand on their shoulder and say, you know, it's your turn now. Um, but you guys are in the guts of it. You guys are doing the hard work. So thanks for your honesty. One of the things we want to hear from people is um, habits so that we don't burn out. I think we're all at risk of burnout today. None of us is above that, especially when we're passionate about what we're doing, especially when we're in a season that's very demanding with the kids. And so we just want to hear just a couple practical ways. Um, how do you guys stay healthy 
and avoid burnout. Not to say that you're perfect at it. Uh, and I know you guys took a vacation earlier this year. You guys said we need to get away. Just stuff like that, that you guys do in order to stay healthy so you don't burn out. Well, if I'm going to be completely honest, that's probably something that I'm, that's one of my least strengths out there. <laughs> um, I, I always am thinking about working and what's next. And, uh, and so I, I don't take time to rest well, uh, something that I've recently become aware of in myself. So uh, putting some steps in place to, to get that under control. But uh, this last year, you know, I've ta talked to you, Alan, a lot about just ha having a busy season. And maybe we don't get to pick a day a week and rest. And, uh, and this last year was that busy season for us. And we knew it was going to be, uh, you know, and, and I think by the end of it, we, we did burn out a little or a lot, I should say a lot. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so this season and this year we've kind of talked about, like, we, we want this year to be the year that we get that figured out and, and that we take vacations and that we, uh, take time um, after that crazy year last year. Uh, so yeah, so work in progress, I guess is the short answer. <laughs> so one of the things that we do well, um, that I think can be a challenge for couples is we give each other space when we need it. And so, uh, just, just recently, what was it like a month ago? Um, Travis was just hitting that space of burnout. And I think as a, a high achiever, he has a hard time seeing that objectively in himself um, because he's forward focused all the time, which is great. It, that is a huge strength being a visionary and that's awesome. But as that uh, support role, watching him slowly crash his plane, I'm like, hey, you need to leave. You you should go away for like five days. You, like I'm serious. Like I, I love you, but you got you gotta go away. And um and so he, you know, oh, I have all this stuff I need to do. And no, you don't. You have a great team who can handle that while you're gone. And so I think seeing that in each other and being real and being um, able to have those kind of conversations with each other is is a big thing. Like he said, that I mean, that is that's my biggest struggle too is taking time. Um, I I often don't know what I need. Um, so that's kind of hard for me just personally. And that's something I'm working through and learning about myself right now in this season of not having to go, go, go all the time. So Travis went up and went fishing for a few days. He's got some friends in Gunnison and I'm like, you need to, you need to go away. So he went snowboarding by himself for a day, which is therapy for him. And, um, and he's got, uh, really great friends up there that, you know, he can just sit and be like, Hey, I'm burning out. I need space. I need time to just be and rest and fill my cup back up. Um, and then I actually just this past weekend, I went up for um, my best friend since I was nine up to South Dakota for her baby shower and got away and spent seven hours each way in the car by myself, listening to a audio book and to your guys's podcast, shameless plug, shameless plug, <laughs> shameless plug, and uh, which is awesome, and um, yeah, just I think taking space to just be by ourselves is really good, um, and something we do on the regular is we spend time with like-minded people, um, you know, throughout the week and throughout the month. Uh, often it'll happen after the kids are in bed, so that chaos isn't. It's not one more thing on our schedule. It's once the schedule kind of stops for the day, um, he'll, you know, go out and grab a beer with a friend or I'll get together with a group of ladies that, you know, I'm going through life with. And, um, so we, we make sure to give space for each other to, to take those times. Man, I so appreciate you guys' honesty. And, um, just to say it's not perfect. I remember the calm before the storm, you actually weren't allowed to do anything on the new build out. And then after that, it was like, we're going to finish this in like 12 hours. I mean, it's just the crazy deadlines that you guys had. So anyone listening, we don't live in a perfect world. We don't live with no deadlines, those kind of things. So, so much of it's seasons. That's what I'm hearing in this. But just appreciate you guys' honesty and you guys' friendship. Um, one of the things that I think is, has been really life-giving um, for Travis and I is as men, um, and actually just as humans in our culture, but we feel like somebody always wants something from us and we can be so production driven um, that we have this space. It's just really simple. We eat tacos and talk about life and we say it's a space where nobody needs you. We call it Taco Tuesday. Uh, again, something that I deeply love, but hey, why not have good life-giving conversations around that? And that's just been cool to say, 
doesn't matter who shows up uh, that day. This is a space where nobody needs you. We're not pitching things. We don't have business ideas that we're you know trying to get investors for. We're literally just tending to each other's souls. Um, so I love that when you talk about like-minded friendship. So guys, thanks for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, guys, it was really awesome to have you here. Fun to talk about business as married people. And uh, we just enjoy your friendship and your presence in the city. We think you're doing awesome things. So really great being with you today. Well, we appreciate you having us. We love what you guys are doing too. So it's fun to just be able to sit down for a while and have a conversation about it. I don't know how we sign off with somebody who owns a brewery, but brew on, I guess. Keep it up, guys. I think we say cheers. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. Ching, ching. Thanks for coming on today, guys. We are interviewing some good friends of ours, Josh and Allie Hunter. We're going to be talking about the joys and the challenges of a side hustle, of owning your own business, and particularly when it comes to your relationship, your marriage um, with your spouse and what that looks like. So welcome, Josh and Allie. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having us. Hey, we're pumped to be here. So part of what we want to go uh, about kind of discovering and uncovering a little bit is kind of pulling the curtain back on how the heck you lead a business and stay married, hopefully happily married, maybe even happier uh, married down the line. And Julie and I understand that dynamic, of course, uh, with Stay Forth Designs. And so we just kind of want to dig in a little bit. So start us off with what exactly is your business? What do you guys do and how did you get into it? Well, we make um, farmhouse signs, rustic signs, uh, and home decor, and we sell on a marketplace called Etsy. We had some friends, uh, Mark and Judy Thomas, who got us started. And one day I met with them for lunch. They told us a pitch uh, that we should try for our business. And I came home and told Allie, hey, we're going to start making signs. That's pretty much how we started. (laughs) The purpose for the business was we were just going to spend a year, just work really hard, get out of debt, and just let this be a short-term thing. But as it grew and as we realized that it can be scaled and that we can and enjoy what we're doing, that can be beneficial for our family, we've decided to take it just, just to keep going with it. And so it's been um, a year and five months now that we've had the business and we continue to grow it and go from there. And let us behind the curtain just a little bit. Where does where does the business happen? Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about your family and the dynamics that you have to face as you lead this business together. So this biz- business is in our garage. Uh, and that was one of the perks because a lot of the early on side hustles, um, I was gone. I would go and do a job somewhere and be away from the family. So this allows us to be at home with our five kids. Um, and they're in and out of the shop. They're covered in sawdust most of the time, uh, taking wood debris throughout the house, but they get to see us work. Um, but then we're also there to, you know, address problems and to address their needs throughout the day. It, it's really cool. So you guys talked a little bit about that why behind it. And, and it was that debt piece of getting out of debt. I think for a lot of our listeners, especially those in ministry, they can relate with that, that why behind it, where Sometimes their their primary role or the primary job doesn't quite um, cover that gap, especially with raising a family, especially with raising five kids. So can you tell us a little bit more about the the why behind the business and how that's helped you guys financially, especially in the debt department? Yeah, absolutely. We, um, we, we had a goal to pay off our debt uh, in a year um, and, and we met that goal. We paid off about $26,000 in one year. And it was a lot of hustle. Um, but the business allowed us to do that and uh, still serve in our capacity in ministry. I'm a worship leader here in Colorado Springs, and I love, love leading worship, love my team. Um, but this allowed me to come home to work on the weekends and to make that extra money without completely overextending myself. Yeah, I think once we had our fifth kid, It really sunk in. Okay, we have five kids. We have five colleges coming up, you know, and one wedding because we have one girl out in the mix. But, you know, we have these things, these financial goals, these things that we want to hit in our lifetime. And we knew that we had to do more to make that happen. So um, Banner Wake Designs was was just giving us, you know, 
enough each month. But now since that fifth kid, we've really put it in gear and we are, um, you know, doing a lot of R and D and just really focusing on how to grow the business, how to maximize our time, how to be more efficient. And um, we've really seen the results of just focusing and putting more effort into the business for the long haul. And another part of that why is um, we want our kids to be involved in the church. Uh, we don't want them to resent the church mm-hmm. as an organization. Mm-hmm. And so um, it's a joy to be able to work, uh, to be able to fund the ministry that God's called you to. And we want to be generous. Um, the the why behind, you know, why would we want to even get out of debt in the first place is we want to be able to give to people. We want to be able to give uh, to the ministry that God's called us to. Uh, we want to be a generous people. Um, and there's a, there's a quote, um, I've never met a generous slave. And so when you're in bondage and just kind of drowning in, in debt or just your circumstances, you're not able to be generous. And so that's the why uh, behind why we started the business. Well, it's been incredible to just track along with you guys' journey and be close enough to this. Um, I know a lot of the barriers that you guys are up against. I know it's not easy, but you guys have just continued to put one foot in front of the other. And there's a lot of people listening that your story gives hope to because they're saying, you know, I'm I'm busy, have a lot of kids, budgets are growing. Julie and I know that. It can be hard and can be intimidating. But to say that you don't have to rip that all off immediately. You guys were pretty aggressive with your debt and with your business, but truthfully, just take your next right step. And so incredible to watch you guys winning, to see you guys continue to be generous, to see how how God has blessed that and how you guys have worked your tails off in the meantime. So um, super encouraging for, for us to hear. Um, so let's get right into it. What have been the joys and challenges of having this side hustle? Peel back the layers for us. You talk about the joys. and there are many um i love my wife i love working with Allie. um you know throughout the day i'll have uh, just funny things that come in my head and jokes and stuff and i get to try them all out on her uh and she really she's literally shaking her head right now i don't know (laughs) um i don't know it's it's cool to process the day and to talk through you know how the shop is doing uh but also we just we enjoy spending time with each other. Um, and this, we enjoy spending time with each other and this venture has brought us closer together. You know, and and also you have the, the room and the ability to talk through challenges and maybe things you would rather just sweep under the rug for the day, but you are in the same space together. We're in the garage working. He's, um, cutting a sign and I'm putting on vinyl, um, spraying a sign, you know, so you're, you're with each other and you kind of have to face those, the conflicts and um, the discussions it's and like, really meet them head on. It's like therapy with power tools. I mean, nothing could be That safer. sounds safe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we do spend a lot of time learning together. Um, we're, we're constantly listening to podcasts or books on tape or, or something. And so it sparked a lot of healthy discussion. Um, in the shop while we're working shoulder to shoulder, um, we'll discuss, Hey, what is, what do you think about what that person just said? And what are your thoughts on this? And it's really not just helped us get closer emotionally, but also intellectually we're, we're growing and learning together, which is something I don't, I really don't know that we've ever done in our marriage before. Well, it's certainly a new dynamic of your learning in proximity to each other, for good or for ill, uh, if you feel like you, you know, quote unquote, fail at something, you both feel the weight of that. But every time you guys have a sale come across your screen, I'm sure you both see the effort that it took. Um, both of you guys' giftings are, you know, super unique uh, and different from one another. Talk a little bit about that. How do you guys figure out who should do what and how your giftings fit together? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that um, we're in the season of learning what each other's gifts are and what. Um, what he does best, what I do best, what's a struggle for him, what's a struggle for me. And we've been diving into the Enneagram and taking training with that. And I feel like that has just opened the doors um, to to ourselves and to each other. We actually went last weekend to a training just for the purpose of how can we work better together, knowing these things about each other. And, and um, he knows that I like things very precise and I'm very detail oriented. And that is beneficial with, with what we do because what we do has to be precise. Josh is a dreamer 
and he is fantastic at at um vision. I mean, he is an excellent research and development guy because he's always thinking of new products and new new things for us to do. Um, and I just really appreciate that about him. And and maybe before we learn these things about each other, it would drive us crazy because we're so different. And but now we can see, okay, I respect that and admire that about you. Yes, it's different from me. Yes, I want to focus on getting this order out today, right now. Let's do it. And meanwhile, Josh is dreaming of a new, like yesterday, you know, we had um, probably seven or eight orders to finish and get done, but yet he really wanted to try out this new acrylic sign. And so we spent an hour doing that because I knew it was important and our business needs new products, but he also knows and respects me when I say, okay, let's rein it in and let's, let's, um, really focus on what's before us for now, the rest of the time. Well, and you know, I need Allie in the shop. I need her to help me stay on task because I want to go in the shop and I want to win when I step into the shop and I give her permission to, um, tell me what to do because I'm going to go in and I'm going to stare and I'm going to dream and I'm going to think, Oh wow, we could do this. But I need Allie to say, Hey, we've got 54 orders and we have seven days to get them out. This is what I need you to do. And then, and then what I do is I go and I put it on the board. I make a list and I I try to just kill it. Uh, But I give her permission to give me direction uh, and I think that's working well. I don't know, Al, you may. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. That'd be awkward if not, right? <laughs> it's working. Actually, it's not. So a uh, free therapy session today, guys. <laughs> well, I think your guys' story probably resonates with a lot of different people, um, that financial gap that you might have in your life. So there are people that are probably wanting to start a business, or maybe they just started a business um, and they're they're figuring things out. What advice do you have for other couples that are either running their own business now or want to start a business? Well, I'd say the first thing is um, make sure you're healthy. Uh, you want to get healthy. Um, and part of that for, for us has been some of the Enneagram training. Uh, some of that has been just seeing a counselor, like wanting to make sure that when we're working together, uh, that, that we're giving each other the best of ourselves. Um, I'm pretty disorganized. I never saw myself running a business. Um, but one of the huge things that has helped has been, um, not having debt. Like we used the business to, you know, extinguish the debt, but we have seen so much, so much, um, success because we don't have a, a, a large debt hanging over us. Um, and it's given us freedom in our business to take risks. Mm-hmm. Neither one of us have, would have guessed that we would have had a family business, right? Right. Um, so I'd say anyone who's considering it, pray about it and and take a risk if you feel um, like that's what you should do. And it may only be for a year or two or three, or it could be for the next 40 years or your kids may continue the legacy, but just um, just take a risk and, and it's going to be uncomfortable. It is for me. It, I, you know, with the five kids and we homeschool and then with keeping up the house, I mean, honestly, it's it's hard a lot of times and we are it just forces us to get better at um, time management, efficiency, processes. So we are really trying to pull on these outside resources. How can we do this better? Um, we don't have habit information in and of ourselves, so we have to go look for it. And And there's tons of info out there, mm-hmm. how to help small businesses when you're start, starting out. But um, yeah, pray together, take a risk, um, seek the Lord and um, take it slow. Don't feel like you have to to um, accomplish everything at first. Just take small steps and be happy with small beginnings, right? Well, and and one other thing is um, community and friends. Like, if you can find someone else that's doing maybe not exactly the same thing you're doing, but something like that, uh, and you have enough relationship with them to sit down over lunch or coffee and say, hey. Will you give me a pros and cons? Will you just kind of let me see behind the curtain for a little bit? Like, what's the best thing? What's the worst thing? Um, and if you were me, would you do this? You know, sometimes it's just having someone in your corner saying, you know what, you can do this. And that's that's what our friends were for us. They said, Josh, Allie, you guys can totally do this. And literally, that's all we needed was to hear someone say, you can do it. Yeah, Mark and Judy on... Black Butterfly 
signs and they have been just incredible mentors to us. And we desire to be that for another couple one day to, Mm -hmm. to share the ups and downs and what works and what doesn't. And uh, I think it's so important to, to be fed, um, to be mentored and then to mentor others uh, when you run a family business. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast today. We want to celebrate with you guys, uh, not only getting out of debt, but continuing to be generous to see your family growing up in the midst of family business. I'll tell you what, there's a lot of people listening who are considering taking the leap or have just taken the leap to side hustling. And I hope that it develops for them like it has for you guys. Uh, It's been incredible to see your hard work pay off. Uh, Keep going for it. So how can people follow along and even go buy your products? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been great being here. We, um, Bannerwake Designs on Instagram, uh, bannerwakedesigns.etsy.com, and also on Facebook. Awesome. Thank you guys for joining us today in the studio, and uh, we wish you guys continued luck in your business. What a great episode, and what I love about it is, you know, it's not a training episode. It's not a seminar. It's not someone with, you know, five steps to figure out marriage and business. These are stories of figuring it out, kind of sometimes figuring out as you go along and just the interesting dynamic between a relationship like your marriage and um, really the the leap of faith that is starting a business and the grind that comes along with that. If you're listening to this and you are running a business with your spouse, you know that it is challenging and that there are probably weeks where you feel like you're just trying to keep your head above water. And so the question that we want to leave you with this episode is what's one adjustment, what's one adjustment that you and your spouse can make in your business to help lead to a healthy marriage? What's one adjustment you can make in your business to lead to a healthier marriage? We hope that these stories and conversations have been encouraging to you. We know that they've been encouraging to us. And so we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. So long.